Everybody has their favorites for the draft. Everybody, including us, James and Tony. And we're going to talk about that today here on Locked on NFL on a Wednesday. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? What's going on? Tony Wiggins and James Rapine here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. And we thank you for making us your first listen. And we are free on all platforms because it's your team every day here on Locked On NFL. Please like and subscribe and bring as many people as you can to the podcast and on our YouTube page. What is going on, Rapine? What's happening with you? Oh, everything's happening, Tony. It is draft week. It's a holiday. I joked with uh, a couple people up here in Cincinnati like, man, I might wear a Santa Claus hat to Paul Brown Stadium on Thursday because it, this is, is like Christmas 2.0 for me. I love the draft. I loved the draft long before I worked in NFL media and uh, blessed to cover another draft. We are, my friend. I'm excited. Absolutely. I love it, too. Um, I tell the story all the time on, on the Locked on Jaguars podcast. When my wife met me, there was the spiral notebooks like like so. Yep. And they were piled up in my utility closet. She said, what's all of that stuff? And uh, I told her that's draft notes from like the last 10 years. And there was all of these books and annuals. That's, of course, before we had all this stuff computerized. And way before I met her, my mom told her, my mom and my grandma said, he's been doing that since he was a kid. And it's just <laughs> wild that this thing has grown and, and, and has turned into what it is. You look on Twitter sometimes and other social media, though, especially here in Jacksonville, I don't know how it's a bad thing that they have the number one pick. It should be bad that they got to the point where they had the number one pick, but it's a bad thing that they have the number one pick and people absolutely want to rip each other's eyes out right now on social media because of the yeah. differences of opinions. It's maddening what it's become, but it's also a night uh, where you really do see a lot of guys' dreams come true. We all played Little League sports, and a lot of us uh, were kicked off of that bus a long time ago because we just weren't good enough. To see guys get to that point and to see people my age have their children uh, just sitting there joyful and going to the nfl man it just it kind of comes full circle for guys like me and you because we watch them coming out of high school and we watch them going to the nfl and uh i have a tendency to develop favorites and i know you do too and uh we're gonna discuss that today here in tears mm -hmm. guys that are going early some guys that won't go early but i think it'll be a fun exercise for sure and uh, real quick before you, 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 you know, you were talking about Little League and stuff. And just so you know, man, I've been eating my Bilt Bars. You know what that means? That, yeah. you know, a seventh round selection could be in my future. So you never know. Uh, you know, I might, uh, I might still got a little bit left. Oh, you still got a little old. bit? You don't know. You don't know. You still got man. a little bit. I, I ain't going to even lie to you, man. I don't, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have nothing left, brother. I, I, probably, <laughs> I, I ain't going <laughs> to front with you, man. Uh. Between Uncle Sam and standing up behind that barber chair all of these years and bouncing in nightclubs, nah, I don't, I don't even have a three cone in me, dude. I'm gonna just be honest with you. We just gonna kick back. I'm gonna watch y'all. I'm gonna eat built bars and watch y'all swing at each other and go out there and do the drills. That's what I'm gonna do. There we go. There we go. Uh, speaking of drills, can I can I get to my favorite? A guy I've talked to a, a lot, 
uh, or talked about a lot. I, I hopefully I talked to him on draft night. Um, Independent and, and naturally, offensive line's a big topic here in Cincinnati. But this Definitely. is a guy to me that makes a ton of sense for Baltimore, makes a ton of sense for Dallas, makes a ton of sense for Jacksonville if he falls out of round one, which he shouldn't. But the NFL, they like to overthink things sometime and and get too wrapped up in what isn't versus what is and measurables that aren't what versus what they are in Tyler Linderbaum is example a I think Tyler Linderbaum's going to be a damn stud in the NFL I think we're overthinking this kid and he's a top 15 prospect I haven't heard one person say anything really that negative about his film now is he the biggest guy no but this idea that he's Garrett Bradbury 2.0 you know the center that the Vikings drafted the undersized center get the hell out of here with that I get the arm the arm length and you know he's 302 uh, but you mentioned the drills did you see him in those drills I this did. dude is an elite 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 center elite 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 athlete i think he would come in day one and you're talking about a ravens rushing attack that is or offense that's built around the rushing attack makes a ton of sense this dude can creep up to the second level with the best of them he moves like a damn tight end or fullback he's athletic same thing goes for teams like the Cowboys, the Bengals, of course. Um, so, you know, just, just look back to last year. Creed Humphrey, whole damn NFL overthought him, and the Kansas City Chiefs are laughing all the way to the bank with this guy in the second round. Tyler Linderbaum, he's a stud, and people are going to overthink it. He might fall out of round one. And, again, I think that would be a huge, huge mistake. That's my guy. And he was coached by one of the best. You know, I know Kirk Ferentz is the head coach, but Kirk Ferentz is – is known for understanding uh, offensive lines. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is he has a lot of friends, too, in the NFL. And people don't remember that. Kirk Ferentz was on Belichick's staff in Cleveland. He has a lot of friends in the NFL. And I know when coaches get together and they talk about uh, prospects that they're, they're dead honest. They're, they're not going to over. I think sometimes in the public we think, okay, well, his coach is going to obviously sell him on you. College coaches that have relationships with NFL coaches that go back three decades, they ain't going to lie. They'll tell you, I wouldn't mm -hmm. take him. They're, they're, I'm telling you, they do it all the time. And that's mm -hmm. because it's not as if you ain't going to come back next year and ask them about a player and they're going to be like, I remember what you told me last year was a lie. So exactly. the thing is, is I guarantee you he won't get out of the first round because somebody's asked Kirk Ferentz, coach, what is it? And he probably told him, <laughs> you'll be a damn fool to not take him because – he is going to be a nightmare for people. One, he's quick. Two, he's a scrappy fighter. He's a dude that if you were going to a, a, a bar that was a little risky, you kind of want him on your team. You know what I'm saying? And you're right, he does get to that second level. And if he gets to the right offense where they do a lot of pulling, I just think I don't know if the 49ers need him. They don't have a first-round pick. But you don't want to see him in a system like that. Oh, if you, it, yeah. It'd be trouble. I mean, yeah. with that pulling and moving side to side and getting to the second level and knocking those linebackers off their square, I think he's going to be a tremendous, tremendous football player. And that's why, like, there are people here. Like, I, I don't think the Bengals are going to take him if he's there. I think they're going to get scared off by his size, and I'm going to crush him. I'm just telling you now, Tony, on our national show, if they pass on him, he's going to – we're going to look back. And you guys have the 33rd pick, so you should take him potentially. If it, it fits with the offense that they're trying to run. I don't. Yeah, it should. I mean, look at the center they had in Philadelphia all those years and, and look Kelsey, at Doug right. Peterson now. Yeah, so that's who he compares to to me. Uh, can I give you one more name? Give me, a, and, give me another one. 
and it's a guy that uh, I think is, is kind of gone under the radar. I looked at Albert Breer's mock draft for Sports Illustrated on Tuesday, and Daxton Hill wasn't in the first round. And um, you might not know much about Daxton Hill out of the University of Michigan, but this dude to me is – no, not you. I just mean our listeners yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. I think he's a plug-and-play, put him at nickel when you need him to, let him play all over the field at safety. He's a big hitter even though he's not a huge kid, right? He's, he's slight, but, man, he moves well. He's sticky in coverage. Uh, I think he's a playmaker. I think he's going to make uh, some team very, very happy. I think it'll be in the middle of the first round, but if he falls out of round one, again, NFL teams, what the hell are you thinking? I mean, I think he's a plug-and-play guy and can make any defense better. Committed to Alabama as a five-star recruit and then switched to go to Michigan. And um, he's the the goods. And he he gives you the scheme versatility. You know, a lot of people, they take – to say one of their safeties off the field and bring in another corner when they go to their sub package. You don't have to do that. Not with him. If you're playing single high and you have another safety, or if you're playing split safeties and you want to go to single high, or some sort of uh, cover three or whatever, but then they bring in a slot guy, you can take him and stick him in the slot. He can guard a receiver. He can guard a tight end. He can play in the box. He, he can actually be the single high safety. He gives you that type of versatility. So I like Daxton Hill. And there's this little sweet spot that I can't see him getting beyond, and that's around Tampa. And um, yeah, that would be. That's about, can you that's imagine about, him and Antoine Winfield Jr.? I Ooh. cannot. I cannot. And I also, <laughs> I also can imagine him. I can't imagine the Chiefs. You mentioned the Chiefs yeah. with Creed Humphrey. They have two picks, 29 and 30, or 28 and 29. I think it's 29 and 30. I can't imagine him getting past them. To be honest with you, and so. 30. Yep. Yeah, so um, you're right. I like Daxton Hill. I like him a lot. I like his versatility. And people are going to go back to, I think it was George Pickens that like bull rushed him and pushed him in the national championship. So people are going to look at that one play. I'm going to warn you against the one play thing. Derwin James had a play against NC State. A receiver caught a ball and he was running right towards Derwin and Derwin was running with him. The guy did a stop, like a stop start, like he was going to cut back. And, and yeah. Derwin looked like, the cheetah when the gazelle puts a move on him it looked like derwin <laughs> fell like five yards trying to fit everybody took that play and was like derwin james is stiff derwin james is stiff derwin james is stiff and kenny he falls to 17 and he's the best safety in the nfl yep yep and, that's what uh, you get for that's what you get for doing that armchair scouting and 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 not really understanding that he just made a poor choice and a poor decision in the open field. That's it. So Daxton Hill might be one of those guys too that people look at like one little play and then and they think, no, nah, that's not it. Or, no, he he's that real deal. I agree with you. Overthinking, overthinking by the NFL. We'll get into Tony's guys and who he likes in this draft. A couple standouts. I picked two potential fallers. We'll see who Tony likes coming up next. But first, I got to tell you about BlueNile.com because. What BlueNile.com does is it gives you everyday fine jewelry, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, gold layering jewelry, and so much more. And you can celebrate all of life's special moments with BlueNile.com. What's coming up? Well, Mother's Day is coming up. And whether it's your wife, whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your mom, you have probably multiple gifts to give out for Mother's Day. BlueNile.com can help and give Mom, something she's going to treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on NFL listeners get $50 off 
orders of $500 or more with promo code locked on. This is a podcast exclusive, only good through Mother's Day. So go there now, BlueNile.com. Use promo code locked on and get $50 off your order of 500 bucks or more. And the best part, every order is insured. It ships free. It arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace today at BlueNile.com. All right, segment two here on a Wednesday. We thank you for making us your first listen here on Locked On NFL. You guys better check out the Locked On NFL draft special on this page Thursday, starting at 7 o'clock. We'll have all the draft coverage as our live Locked On NFL draft show with all of our experts. And a lot of, I think the guys from Locked On NFL draft are going to be there. And a big night for us, big night for us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you tune in to that. All right, I'm going to give you a couple of my guys, a couple of obvious guys. Uh, One of them is Jermaine Johnson uh, from Florida State, of course. Everyone knows I'm a Florida State supporter. I like James Johnson because he made a business decision that worked. For those that don't know, I think a lot of people think James Johnson was Jermaine Johnson was a backup at Georgia and he couldn't get on the field. It's not true. He started uh, a lot of the games that I watched. His backup was actually Trevon Walker, and uh, Georgia had Georgia had no no no. Watch this. You 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 want to laugh at something? Check this out. Georgia had Jermaine Johnson and Aziz Ojolari. Trevon Walker was the backup. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And Nolan Smith was the other backup. And I, I heard Jim Nagy. I saw Jim Nagy online yesterday saying that the guy that pops on tape for him is Nolan Smith. Well, he went back to Georgia. He ain't come out. Right. They hmm. also had Jalen Carter as a freshman last year, and he's probably their best player at defensive tackle. And he was a backup to the two guys that get Jordan Davis and and Wyatt. Just get ready Wyatt. To get picked. Right. Yeah. They also had Tyson Campbell at one corner and that Stokes kid that's at Green Bay at the other corner. Eric and I'm just sitting there wondering, how did they ever give up 40 points to Florida and Alabama with all of those guys? And not to mention that LeCount kid that was all SEC. It's unbelievable, right? So Jermaine Johnson leaves and goes to FSU, and the dude has 12 and a half sacks, but it's not just that. He was the only one that FSU really had who was a pass rusher, and they doubled him and it was nothing. That he, he was just like... A dude, it looks like on every play he's throwing karate as he's coming forward. He is Oof. he is about as good a prospect, as clean a prospect that you can imagine. I don't think he's going to fall. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody in the top seven fell in love with him and picked him. Wow. Yeah, it, it seems like he's a riser, so not shocked at all. I mean, man, how about that Georgia lineup? If you Trevon Walker could go first overall, certainly going to be a top ten pick. And you got a guy in Johnson who's is about to be that too. You just mentioned Aziz Ojolari, all those other guys. Man, it's uh, it's good to be a Bulldogs fan right now, huh? <laughs> it, it is, man. And, <laughs> and they got linebackers that didn't even start that people are saying are day two guys. Oh, dude, I, I, another guy that. Well, we'll get to him. We'll get to him up next. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, anyway, one of my others that I love. We're both going to name a sleeper linebacker, by the way. But one of the other guys I love is uh, Michael McFadden. And this is a little personal touch with me. Michael McFadden played in the Big Ten at Indiana. The mm-hmm. personal touch with me is I know someone who's on that staff 
who was on that staff, and they flat out told me he's going to be a 12-year player in the NFL. I said, 12 years? He said, 12 years. Because, so it made me take another look, and then I gave that information to another buddy who's a personnel executive, and he said that's a good scouting report because he's on our radar. So his win rate when he, when they blitzed him is in the 90 percentile. And that's odd for a guy who's six feet, six one at best, 230 pounds, that whenever mm-hmm. they sent him in on a blitz, he always found the ball no matter who tried to block him. He could play all three positions at linebacker. And the beautiful thing about him is that tells you he's a good special teams player because he knows how to track where the ball is. So uh, the fact that he's also a very, very humble kid off the field and keeps his head down and just does the work, NFL coaches fall in love with guys like that. So he's going to get ample opportunities, uh, especially since he's a good special teams player. I look forward to him going maybe in the third or fourth round and then just being that guy that you're going to look up one day and go, damn, somebody should have drafted him higher because I, I think he's a really, really good football player. That's a good one because I, I don't think he's a lot on, on a lot of people's radar. And, you know, I, I do think he'll probably be a day three pick, maybe earlier rather than later. Maybe a team does fall in love with him. That's the thing, man, about this draft, Wig. I think more than ever, but any other draft I can remember at least, yeah. there's not a consensus. I mean, no. you guys can't even agree on a damn number one pick, <laughs> you know, let alone. Uh, you know, who should be the 33rd pick or who, who should be uh, the number one receiver. I think there's uh, a lot of people that think it's Jamison Williams. We ain't the best example to use about not being able to agree on stuff. In, 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 in. But, I, but you're right. You're right. But if there was a year for a team to have the number one pick and not be in agreement, it's the Jaguars. You needed us to be there when there's no clear-cut number one because – they're going to Jaguar. So they're going to double all of that. But that, that, but that wasn't even that wasn't even a shot at Jacksonville. I just think it's it's this draft. That's what I mean. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter who's drafting number one. Yeah. It's, damn, who the hell are you going to pick? I don't care if the Cowboys are drafting number one or the Patriots. I think that they it would be, a, you know, a, a legitimate argument. And uh, and that's what's going to be, be crazy here. Is I, I, you could see Micah McFadden go, you're right, round three. And then people look at Dane Brugler's draft guide. Well, it's a late day three pick. Well, or right. they look at this and it's this. And in that, be ready, ladies and gentlemen, for some surprises because there are going to be surprises in round one, probably through round seven. I think there are going to be guys. I'll give you one. I think a guy like Marcus Jones out of Houston. Most yeah. people think he's a day two pick. I think you look at him, small stature, injury history. Everything that goes in with that, yeah, he's a nickel corner and he's an elite returner. He's also going to fall to round four or five. Wouldn't shock me at all. I think that would shock a lot of people. That's one of many. And that's no knock on him. I think he's a good player. I just think there's a chance that guys that you think are going to be there aren't going to be there and vice versa. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, one of the guys that I see that keeps falling into that round two territory is Jahan Dotson. And I don't get it. I know everyone wants these big statuesque receivers. Mm-hmm. And anytime a guy measures in at 5'11 and a buck 89, you know, it screams in the novice mind, it screams slot guy, right? I could start naming you guys that aren't slot receivers that are smaller than him or his yeah. size. Antonio Brown's going to the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't keep pissing people off, he's going to the Hall of Fame and he's about the same size. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett is an outside receiver. T.Y. Hilton has been an ex-receiver his entire career. There are guys like that 
Tyreek Hill, and I know he's a bit of an anomaly because you can't really compare people to Cheetah. Uh, Deontay Johnson. There are outside receivers who are 5'10", 5, 5. Steve Smith Sr. was that. He's, mm -hmm. a, he's, a, he's an outside. Some people are just really, really good. And there was a graphic, I think uh, I think Austin Gale put it out, one of our guests that we've had on here. There was a graphic that showed where these guys lined up in their career. About 90% of the time, Jahan Dotson was outside. And he can mm -hmm. really, really track deep balls. He's a high jump guy. He's a track guy. He does as good a job when he's running of slowing his pace or speeding up his pace when the ball is in the air and and so he doesn't break stride. So I think Jahan Dotson, I don't know that they'll do it, but Green Bay seems like a real good destination if they got 22 and 28. I think Green Bay is a good spot for him. They need to draft receiver, receiver, receiver receive no they don't but they need some help <laughs> at receiver uh if, if you couldn't catch my drift up next dark horses to be first round picks who will it be and uh, and why wigs got one i got one we'll get to that next but first a word from built bar built bar is the truth you guys know that you don't believe me go to built.com and find out for yourself read on the macros charts about how much Protein is packed in the built bars and they do it without putting all those calories, all that sugar and carbohydrates into your body. It's real, real good for you, man. It's the best tasting protein bar and treat. And I, I said that for a reason because they have these puffs. These are these marshmallow, the marshmallow treats that are infused with protein and they're both covered with 100% chocolate. They don't chalk your hands up. They're all waxy but they're absolutely delicious and they taste better than anything you've ever had. And you can find out by going to built.com and enter the promo code locked 15. You're going to get 15% off of your next order of built bar. You want to check them out on Twitter for all the latest and greatest information about built bars. Go to at bar underscore built for all the latest information. That's locked 15 for 15% off your next order of built bars. All right, Tony, let's, uh, let's dive in here. A player that, you think is going to go into the first round and be a first round pick that probably isn't projected there uh, on most boards. Logan Hall, Logan Hall, wow. big five technique ish defensive lineman, out freaky out of UH. Yep. Six, six. Uh, I've seen anywhere from two eighty three to two ninety. I ain't going to say it. Yeah, I am. He has JJ Watt of frame like JJ Watt. I'm not saying he's JJ Watt, but he has, go ahead. Go he ahead has a frame. Say. He has a frame like Logan JJ Watt. Long, yeah, long arms. Um, really can play three technique and play inside on passing downs or in sub packages. Can be your big end on the outside and still give you pass rush. I just think coaches love guys built like that. You see all the talk about uh, Trayvon Walker going number one. You know, you know, because he's like Godzilla or something. But the thing is, is when you get to that back end of that first round, you know what you have? You have teams that went to the playoffs unless they mm -hmm. traded the picks. And when you have teams that went to the playoffs, they're in no rush to get a guy on the field. They like to have instant production, but they can also cherry pick and say, I have a specific role for that guy and I want him here. And mm -hmm. uh, bad teams don't have the luxury of doing that because they really, really have to just get the most talented player that they can. I think Logan Hall is plenty talented, but I also think that he's a candidate for a good team to say, you know what, we have a specific role for him or we have an aging player at his position 
that two years from now is either going to want more money or he's going to be on the downside. We can take Logan Hall and sit him right here and allow him to do these things for us. So look for a team that runs a 3-4 or 4-3, odd or even front, to look at Logan Hall late in the first round, and I think he ends up going in round one. Yeah, I think the Bengals are interested in him depending on how things uh, fare out there. I'll give you another one, and this is a guy – oh, Jacksonville, you need a linebacker in Jacksonville? You guys need a little – Little linebacker, maybe he falls to thirty-three. Um, oh, we might I, have I to come he, up. We have to come up. I, that's what I. I, yeah, I think he. Uh, I think he's rising up draft boards, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of talk about the linebacker from Georgia, but not the one I'm going to mention. Quay Walker. Yeah. Isn't five eleven like Nicobe Dean? Right. And isn't two thirty like Nicobe Dean? Right. And I get it. Dean's tape is awesome, but you don't awesome. have the the testing, the athletic testing, and that hurts. And guess what you have with Quay Walker. A 6'4", 241-pound speed freak who you're like, oh, my God, this dude can make all the plays. He's big enough to, to guard these George Kittle types and, and stick with these, uh, let's just use Brees Hall, out of the backfield, running backs out of the backfield when you need them. Man, I think Quay Walker could go pretty damn early, and I think he is a first-round pick. And you look at these linebackers, are we sure? Quay Walker, I, I get it today. You know, he might not be ahead of Devin Lloyd, and Lloyd's probably the top running uh, linebacker off the, the board. But after Lloyd, I don't know, man. Nicobe Dean, I could see him falling to early round two. I could see Quay Walker getting drafted ahead of his teammate, and, and I do expect him to go in round one. So this is the part where I, I tell people, and specifically I speak to fans like my the guys in Jacksonville. Folks say, I just want production, not traits. I'm sick of all that. I'm sick of, sick of, sick of, sick of, sick of. If you listen to anybody talk, they'll tell you right now that Quay Walker is going before N'Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. When I talk about Trevon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. all everyone wants to talk about is production, 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 production. There was no linebacker more productive than N'Kobe Dean. His own mm-hmm. teammate is going before him in the draft because he's got those long arms. He's 6'4". He can play strong side linebacker. He can guard tight ends. He I don't even know what position he plays. He tested as a he tested as a ninety six percentile athlete with his size, speed. You ran a four five. It's I unbelievable. Mean, it's unbelievable. No wonder Georgia won, by the way. But yeah. you, you you try to sit here and th- you try to sit here and think, damn, who could get him? Uh, New England at twenty four. That's who will. Yeah. Belichick just he does that. You know, let's just take this guy and we'll figure it out. He does it. He's done it in the past with Dante Hightower. He's done it with Kyle Van Noy, even though they didn't draft him. Van Noy found a home there. He's he's done it with Willie McGinnis. He did it with Teddy Bruschi, who was uh, a nose guard. He turned into an outside linebacker and then a Mike linebacker. That's what good teams do. Good teams say they don't just try to, well, he doesn't fit our system. No, here's what good teams do. Just take him and then we'll fit our system around him. And he is that kind of player. Baltimore would love him, but they they're at fourteen. I wouldn't be shocked if they did it though, because that's mm-hmm. Bal- Baltimore does stuff like that. So I agree with you on Quay Walker. Uh, why don't we just say we're in love with all the players from Georgia? <laughs> Georgia on my mind. I don't know, Georgia man. Yeah, I, whew, I because here's the thing: is I didn't get to get to him, but you know who I really like? I like some George Pickens, and I was going to get to him in round one if we had enough time. <laughs> George Pickens, is, in, hey, man, George Pickens, did you see the little video of George Pickens where the kid from Tennessee was on the ground near the sideline? George Pickens holding a water bottle and squirted a water bottle. He's a little, he's a little ornery kid. He, he, 
he's different, man. He's kind of built like A.G. Green, but he 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 sort of plays like T. Higgins, and and he's fast, and he dies for balls, and he's wild. Like he's him. buck wild. He's buck wild, but I think he can really play. And the thing I, I like about him, he has small hands, which you, you obviously wouldn't like, right? You talk about measurables, but he doesn't drop the ball. He might right. have the best hands in this draft class. He's strong vice grip type hand. It's like, man, you got eight and a half inch hands, and this dude's get, you're catching everything. You know, I threw him three boxes, not single built bars, three boxes of built bars. This dude caught him with one hand. It was ridiculous. So no doubt, you know, George Pickens, another guy who could probably go in round one. He probably could. And you know what? We're round one for all of you guys because you make us your first listener. What what a segue that was, wasn't it? Uh, but this is the last time you'll see James and I, obviously, before the draft and um, the Bengals got to wait all night. The Jaguars do not. But um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And I know you guys enjoy it. Please make sure you look at the watch the Locked On NFL podcast uh, for uh, all of your breaking uh, NFL news. And uh, check out our uh, mock draft that we have, our ultimate mock draft with Odyssey. That is also out. All of the picks have been out, and we put that together uh, network-wide. That's outstanding. Also, the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast with Ryan Tracy, as well as Eric Crocker, Big Croc, former NFL corner. They bring it to you like nobody else, and they really get in-depth with the prospects. We had a little Locked On NFL Draft show today. I like that, man. But we, we was like, okay, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? We work on it all weekend, and it's like the funniest part was – I said, you know what we're going to talk about? And James said, what? I went, draft. And he starts laughing because it's just obvious right now that that's what we're going to do, man, because everybody's all everybody's all into it. If you talk about anything other than the draft right now, people look at you, look at you like you got an eye in the middle of your forehead because it's like you're trying to bury the lead. So we definitely don't do that here at Locked on NFL. And we appreciate you making us your first listen and joining us. Until this time next week, happy drafting to you all and take care of each other. And James and Tony, we'll see you next time.